Hello and welcome to Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. Hi, this is the first ever episode of Unqualifying Sessions, which is crazy. I'm super excited about this. Um, But before I get into all the good stuff, all about the 2022 changes, as this is the very first episode, I thought I would quickly introduce myself and a little bit about why I started the podcast. So, as I said, I'm Amy. Hi, nice to meet you, or nice for you to listen. I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but anyway, um, let me start with my first kind of memory, I suppose, of Formula One. The first kind of proper memory I have of like properly watching Formula One was probably back in 2007 where I was oh nine ten years old oh that's 15 years ago god that makes you feel a bit old <laughs> um and ever since then I've kind of really been following along in some way shape or form since then so quite a long time actually um I would say that the 2021 season, I think like a lot of people, turned me from a fan to a fan. (laughs) Um, It's part of the reason why I decided to start my podcast, um, because I have literally become such a, a huge fan, an even bigger fan than I was before, I am talking about it quite a lot (laughs) and I thought one I don't have to bore all of my friends and family all of the time and two it's a great way to build on the community and have a little pocket where we can all discuss and voice opinions um about Formula One uh I think that's super important um to have and particularly having more voices and more diverse voices it kind of gives new and maybe some different insights to to what we've had before now you probably guessed part of the reason why it's called unqualifying sessions but um even though i am a fan of the sport I'm I'm not you know I'm not qualified I'm not an engineer or a driver or a steward or anything like that um I'm quite unqualified so that's why I came up with the name anyway enough of me rambling we're done with that we're bored of that let's get into the good stuff let's get into all the 2022 changes that are coming We've started to see a little bit with the uh, testing in Barcelona. How exciting. Oh, I was so happy to see those cars on the truck. Um, anyway, let's get on to the 2022 regulation changes for Formula One. So 2022 will have some of the biggest regulation changes that we have seen in recent years. And if it all goes to plan, which it does look kind of promising so far, but we have to wait and see. 
If it does all go to plan, it will provide much closer racing between all 10 teams on the grid. Now, with all the changes that are being made, there has been a huge amount of information provided. And not gonna lie, particularly when it comes to technical changes, it's been a little bit difficult to understand. Um, the first couple times I was hearing about the changes, it went over my head um, because it is very technical. So through watching numerous videos, listening to podcasts and reading articles, all of which I have linked in the show notes for everything that um, has helped me understand what's going on, um, definitely give a look and watch or listen to, to them, I highly recommend. Um, through all of this, I have put together everything you need to know about the 2022 changes in a way which might be a little bit easier to understand. So let's kick off. So the first bit I want to talk about is money. Money, 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 must be funny in a rich man's world mm. now I, I do apologize for my singing but you might have to get used to it if you listen to this podcast i'm sorry I, i'm sorry anyway one <laughs> one is the pinnacle of motorsport and we all know that the money that is needed in formula one is absolutely crazy like just thinking about it i can't i can't imagine that amount of money like ever so what we were seeing is that the big teams would spend more money on the car. I mean, we were seeing some of the bigger teams spending around 440 million on a car, which is insane. It's crazy to, to think about that level of money. But the smaller teams were producing cars on a third of that budget, leading to massive differences in hundreds of millions of pounds and to say the differences were noticeable on the track I mean it was obvious who was spending the money and who wasn't you know now put that on top of that the better team does in a constructors championship the more money it basically caused a bit of a vicious cycle where the bigger teams can continue to thrive whilst the smaller teams stay at the back. Now, obviously, if you design a particularly bad car, um, doesn't matter how much money you really spend. I mean, we can look at teams like Ferrari and say McLaren who had a few years where they weren't doing well. Ferrari, yeah, well they weren't really doing too great, I mean Ferrari 2020 is probably a prime example, but I mean compared to say the Haas or the Williams, they were still kind of on that upper end of, of all of the teams. So, I might be thinking, how are they going to sort this out? So, one of the ways Formula One are sorting this out is by creating a budget cap. So, in 2022, 
the budget is capped at 140 million and then in 2023 it would decrease to 135 million now i would say that i don't think we will see the benefits of this particular change straight away purely because the new regulations were announced back in 2019 so this was before any of the caps were put into place so i think for this particular rule we might not see that much of a change just yet but i do think as years kind of go on um we should definitely see uh more of impact of this particular change now the next big factor that formula one has put on to promote closer racing for the new era is focusing on aerodynamic testing so what Formula one has done is it's gonna have a sliding scale or it has a sliding scale i should say uh where it will restrict the amount of wind tunnel time and cfd which is computational fluid dynamics hours a team can do and this will be done based on where you sit in the constructors so wind tunnels and cfd are super important to formula one teams wind tunnels are used to see if the aerodynamics that they generated via computer systems actually work and cfd is essentially calculations for aerodynamic components for the formula one car you can't have to use both they're inextricably linked really in formula one and if you want to know more about cfd and wind tunnels and their use together there is a link in the notes um i found this article really interesting so definitely give it a read now previously some teams were running their wind tunnel 24 7 and others had more than one wind tunnel so again you can see how these teams were particularly bigger teams were able to keep their car at the front of the track now the sliding scale was introduced in 2021 um, where first place received 90 percent of wind tunnel time which was 36 runs per week and 10th place received 112.5% which was 45 runs per week um, and this was separated by increments of 2.5%. Now for 2022 to 2025 first place in the constructors will have 70% which works out to roughly 28 runs per week and 10th place will receive 115% which is 46 runs per week um, and this time the increments will increase by 5% for the constructors so again by reducing the amount that these bigger teams are having um, with regards to the aerodynamics the main point is to reduce the cost and level up the playing field so again closer racing and more unpredictable results within um, the field within the grid which i mean after a crazy crazy um 2021 season without maybe some of the uh uh controversial <laughs> points to see loads of different people on the podium and to see some uh you know 
changes and just I think it was one of the years we've seen some of the most um different podium sitters so I think it'll be great to to hopefully fingers crossed if all goes to plan to see some some more people up there uh that's gonna be great changes is the formula one cars themselves now this is where it's going to get very technical and it's the part that completely went over my head the very first time it was explained to me because there's a lot of technical terms a lot of stuff to do with like science and engineering so bear with me on this one so as i said about a million billion times the main changes have been made for closer racing so one of the main issues discussed is dirty air what this is is when air passes over the car in front and produces turbulent air which negatively impacts the car directly behind now this is predominantly seen um, when cars are taking the corner so what this does is the turbulent air makes the car behind lose downforce and the downforce is literally keeping the car on the track with this it slows down the car and it makes overtaking nearly impossible so the new regs are supposedly going to reduce negative impacts of dirty air meaning you guessed it closer racing this will all, all be seen with some of the following changes wheel covers no barge boards and changes to the rear and front wing of the car this is all supposedly to help you know reduce the turbulence experienced Previously, we were seeing losses of up to nearly 50% of downforce because of dirty air. The changes are showing the speed drastically smaller, only losing 15 to 20% of downforce, which is absolutely crazy. In a good way. Crazy in a good way. But you may be thinking, okay, they're making all these changes and all that sort of thing, but surely there must be something else that is done to help with the loss of downforce and and what what is it okay so you have guessed it there's going to be some more technical terms and i am going to do my absolute best to explain so how this is being solved is through ground effect which was previously used in f1 and was first successfully seen in 1978 on the Lotus 78. And ground effect is basically making the car, basically sucking the car to the floor, to the track, through low pressure. This also means that it had a lot less reliance on external aerodynamics, which in turn means less drag, and also should allow us to see a reduction in the impact of dirty air. Now, as I said just now, drag now drag is a massive issue in formula one um, and i'm going to do my best to explain what drag is so drag is a mechanical force generated by a solid moving through a fluid now fluid is defined as a liquid or gas now drag is proportional to velocity squared so the faster you go the more drag you experience and the drag is slowing the Formula 1 cars down and it makes it harder to overtake. Hence, 
why we have DRS. Now, if there's less drag through the use of ground effect, then again, another benefit is more closer racing. So, it is even thought that with all of these changes, at some point in the future, DRS will no longer be needed to be used at all in Formula One. Now, it's not quite known when. I have seen some people suggest it could be within a year. Some people have seen saying within a couple years. So we'll just have to wait and see with regard to this. Now, you may have noticed that I said it was previously used in F1. And if it, you know, has all of these great benefits, we might be thinking, where did it go? Why aren't they still using it? It doesn't make any sense. So ground effect was banned. Um, because if ground effect failed, there's nothing really keeping the car on the track. And after several accidents in 1982, after that season, it's been banned ever since. Now with huge steps in safety and work with engineers and FIA, they have been able to bring it back in a much safer way. So we are seeing the resurgence of ground effect in Formula One. Okay, that is all the technical changes done. I was trying to explain the best I could. There's all big words. There were some big words for Elmo there, but we did it. Pat on the back. We got there. So I hope, I kind of hope you know a little bit more about the technical changes that are going on with the car, the 2022 season. Last but certainly not least, there are one, well, three kind of changes that we need to mention before we finish. Now, this news was recently announced a couple weeks ago, and that is Michael Massey is being removed as the Formula One race director as part of the FIA restructure in wake of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It has been announced that Massey had failed to correctly apply the rules during the safety car period and that this directly impacted the outcome of the race. Due to Michael Massey's removal, two people will now alternate in the role and will be assisted by Herbie Blash, who was the deputy race director under former Formula One FIA director Charlie Whiting. The two men are Eduardo Fritas and Niels Wittish. I'm pretty sure I've butchered their names, so I do sincerely apologise. Um, and they will alternate the role of race director. Now also, which we will not see going in the 2022 season is direct radio communications between the teams and the race directors will no longer be allowed. So we won't maybe get to see some of the really good memes anymore, which is a bit upsetting, but I can understand why. We will also see the FIA add a remote race control, which will operate in a very similar way to the video assistant referee in football. Now, I wasn't 100% familiar with this, so if you also aren't that familiar, I'm gonna like quickly go through it. Um, most of this I found on the Premier League website, uh, again, link is in below. 
in the episode description. So basically what the video assistant referee or VAR is, is a match official qualified referee who watches the football match via a number of screens and can view slow motion replays, which is giving them the opportunity to advise the on-field referee. Um, Now, according to the Premier League website, VAR is used only for clear and obvious errors or serious missed incidents. Um, And I believe there's certain things that the on-field referee does, such as like offside rule and blah, 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 blah. But what it does mean is the VAR can overturn the decision handed out by the referee. So I know there are going to be some changes. Um, It's not going to be exactly the same as uh, the VAR in football. But based on this, I'd assume there'll be certain instances in which the um, remote race control will be able to maybe help direct, guide, or perhaps even overturn certain decisions that have been um, made from the stewards and, and possibly race directors too. But that is it. Those are all the really big changes that are happening in the 2022 season. Um, like I said, most of these are all down to enable closer racings between all 10 teams on, on the grid. And I really do hope that happens. I saw like an infographic um, on the Formula One Instagram page and I was really surprised that during the so-called turbo hybrid era there's only been 11 different race winners from 2014 to 2021. I mean I suppose in a way it shows you like the calibre of the drivers and the machinery that have been produced during this period of time but it is only 11 that's quite quite a small number so I was quite surprised at that. Um, so hopefully with all this closer racing we could see a few different um race winners or podium sitters um over the years which which would be really good um i think as well a part of me would really like to see every team at least score a few points um it's kind of been really actually sad to see you know in in recent years um particularly like i think of Williams and, and, and Haas where you know they have finished a season with zero points you know it is quite sad to see so I would you know really like um you know to see every team you know score at least score a few points you know that no one ends a season on zero zero points that would that would be um a really nice thing to see at least um But yeah, that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for hearing me ramble on and talk about um, Formula One. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it, learned something, or just, you know, just liked something to put on the background whilst you work or drive or whatever, however you're listening to this. But I'd like to thank you so much again for listening. check out 
more episodes coming soon so if you do like it don't forget to you know add it to your little podcast bit wherever you get your podcasts um you can also follow on instagram if you would like i have left that down um below and it will just give you updates of when i'm uploading and all that sort of thing so if you'd like to follow please do and once again thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed and we'll talk in the next one bye